Welcome to FIC Focus, where Bloomberg Intelligence fixed income, credit currency, and commodities strategists and analysts discuss their short and long-term views on debt markets and issuers. Now, here's the Bloomberg Intelligence FIC research team. Welcome to FX Moments, which is part of our FIC Focus podcast series. My name is Audrey Child Freeman. I'm the Chief G10 FX Strategist at Bloomberg Intelligence. And today I want to talk about the outlook for Euro dollar as we contemplate the second half of the year. First of all, before we do that, let's look back at what happened in the first half, identify the drivers and assess how we expect those drivers to evolve into the second half of the year. Um, so let's start with some numbers, first of all. So we had a near 14.5% euro dollar rally over October to late January. And the bullish view uh, that we had embraced then, uh, you know, looked in very good shape as we started the year. And even into, into January, we had an acceleration of euro upside. Uh, but then we kind of failed uh, at 110 euro dollar on a couple of occasions uh, in the past few months. And we've had to basically settle for a range trading environment, 106 to 110, with the drivers evolving from bullish to bearish and the conviction trades, uh, the conviction views in FX in general, but on that pair in particular, lacking strong conviction. Uh, and that's, I think, because the drivers keep on changing. And what we've seen in, in most recent weeks, in particular, especially in this latest failure of euro dollar to go through 110, is outperformance of U.S. yields versus European yields, despite the fact that the ECB stick to a very hawkish language and keeps on telling us that they're going to hike more. Uh, but the U.S. yields have outperformed. And that's been driven by... Uh, U.S. economic outperformance, basically. This is where I think the market has been taken by surprise. You know, we were all ex expecting, uh, including ourselves, we're expecting, you know, the U.S. data to start to lose more momentum uh, in the course of this year. And it hasn't really happened. I mean, we, we still have a little bit of a mixed bag on, on the U.S. data front and certainly not enough for the uh, Fed to tell us that they're done hiking and then the next move in interest rate is going to be lower. This is just not happening. And that's why I think U.S. yields, uh, well, that's part of the reason why, anyway, U.S. yields have been outperforming euro yields. And at the same time of uh, U.S. macro outperformance, we've had euro data that started the, the year very well. Uh, January, February, March. But as we go along, there's a lot of, loss of momentum in the U Eurozone economic indicators, and in particular in the manufacturing sector. I mean, I like to look at the PMIs. They're very reliable, forward-looking indicators, and they've been showing us contraction for quite a while now. So, you know, until now, we've seen the euro uh, service sector and domestic demand remarkably resilient. But you you have to worry as you put your economist's cap on, you have to think about 
at what point the manufacturing sector weakness feeds through onto employment? At what point do we start to see unemployment rising? And when does that feed through onto consumer confidence? And eventually, when does that feed through onto propensity to consume in Europe? And then you have, you know, the picture of strong euro growth being questioned. And I think that's part of the story um, as to why euro dollar has been disappointing uh, in the past few weeks or so. Uh, in addition to that, we've also had uh, the Chinese strong reopening uh, from February, March, or January, February, March. That was helping the euro bullish narrative but that's lost momentum as well uh, in, in the second quarter. So again, more of a euro problem than a US problem. Uh, and that's also contributed to uh, euro dollar downside in, in recent weeks. So the debt ceiling, the, the, the last point I would highlight, you know, if we look back at what happened in the first half is the US debt ceiling situation, uncertainty, they, you know, Medium term, everyone agrees that, you know, this is not good for the dollar uh, and it's simply highlight the de-dollarization argument. Uh, but near term, there was, you know, this element of uncertainty. Uh, what does it mean for if, if there was to be a default? What does it mean for, you know, default funding risks, uh, dollar funding risk? Uh, and that's usually bullish for the dollar. So, I think that, you know, all the drivers that we've had in the past couple of months in particular haven't been helpful for, for euro dollar. And you see why euro dollar failed to push above 110. Uh, and you add on to that the fact that, you know, the market was already long euros by, by the second quarter. Um, and, and you see why, you know, we, we've really lacked momentum. So the question is, what happens next? And looking into the second half of the year, uh, I'm kind of thinking, what are the drivers going to be? And I, I, I feel the drivers are going to be cyclical in, in nature, so macro-driven, cyclically-driven. And for now, I, I just feel that we should hold on to the view that the narrative in the second half of the year should, should turn back into Europe's favour. Uh, there is obviously an element of uncertainty and we have to be pragmatic, but are all of our baseline working assumption on the macro front remain supportive for euro dollar upside. So let's look at, first of all, at the monetary policy prospect, respective ECB versus Fed. And I'm thinking in relative terms, of course, here, as, as always. So we're still not buying into the view that the Fed will rush into cutting interest rate in the second half of the year and that we will probably stay with higher rates for longer than in previous cycles. However, when it comes to lags uh, between the ECB and the Fed in terms of rate peaks, that should remain favorable to the euro bullish view in a way that, in a sense, that we expect the Fed to peak with interest rates well before the ECB. Uh, and that, you know, should help uh, the euro in the second half of the year and, and translate into a more favorable relative yield differential uh, on euro versus US. 
And, and that's predicated on the working assumption that our baseline scenario remains that the US will go through a soft recession uh, from the second half of the year. And that means that we should start to see the US monthly indicators, forward-looking indicators, start to lose momentum in the next few months. And that will revive that argument that you know the, the macro story is actually better for Europe this time around. Uh, for the eurozone, we you know we keep an eye on 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 the current context, but our baseline scenario for the time being remains that we won't see a recession, and there's enough strength in the domestic economy to absorb uh, higher interest rates. Um, and for as long as higher interest rates are not delivered in a context of much weaker euro data, I think that's bullish for the euro. That takes me to the next the next point, which is what are the risks to the view of euro dollar upside into the second half of the of the year. So I start with the domestic side of things. So as I said, euro weakness, let's say we underestimated the extent to which past tightening in, in euro rates has fed through into the economy, loss of confidence in Europe and consumer spending starts to weaken more significantly and suddenly recession risks are, are back into the equation and back as a driver for the foreign exchange market. And then I would find it quite difficult to be particularly bullish on the euro if the ECB is hiking rates in the context of recession in Europe or recessionary forces uh, emerging in Europe. Uh, I, I just feel that uh, the, the currency may not uh, outperform on the back of under such a context. Another consideration, of course, is China in, in terms of the China economic story. Uh, if we see uh, the Chinese uh, monetary and fiscal responses to weakening uh, domestic climate, helping, starting to help uh, the, the, the economy and feeding through onto the numbers, then we have actually a positive outturn for, for the euro bullish view. However, if the Chinese data continue to weaken from here, you know, we've seen it all before, it just um, it just it doesn't help the euro. Um, so China is a very big uncertain, I feel, for the outlook for, for the euro as to what it means and with very binary consequences potentially. And we've seen it this year, you know, we've seen it early in the year uh, when the, the data was strong and it was really strongly pushing the, the euro higher. And then more recently when the data have started to turn and suddenly, uh, uh, you know, the China story has a major impact on, on euro dollar. And the, the, the other risk I would mention on in terms of risk going forward is the inflation story. But that's, you know, global story. If we were to see inflation picking up again or uh, inflation, core inflation in particular, being too sticky and and the market suddenly worry about inflation and the policy responses on the monetary front 
and the, the associated risk of sharp reception or deeper reception, uh, then I, I kind of feel that the dollar could actually do better in that context if that means multi-asset class risk of uh, sentiment uh, dominating. But that's that's not my central uh, working assumption, but it, it certainly is something we have to consider. So in terms of levels, I kind of feel that, you know, for now we may have to, st- in, in the very near term, we may have to stay in this 105 to 110 range uh, until we see uh, more evidence of the U.S. economy losing momentum and until this kind of, you know, potential U.S. recession narrative start to dominate. I, I feel the market right now is still not sure uh, about, you know, what happens next on the U.S. economic front. But when that happens, uh, I, I feel that the, the yield story, more steepness in the U.S. yield curve should allow euro euro dollar upside to evolve. And that means that, you know, the 115 and higher view that we had uh, earlier in the year is a a hard sell right now, but it it could very easily come back uh, later into the year. You know, six months is a very long time in, in foreign exchange. So as always, we will stay pragmatic with the view. But this is uh, the kind of narrative that we embrace for now. We just feel that we have to be patient with the view uh, and the trigger, uh, the catalyst to the next leg higher uh, in euro dollar has to come from the US uh, via a weaker set of data from from the US. It's just not coming through as quickly as what uh, the market was uh, initially expecting and certainly what we were initially expected. So just as a FYI, we have published a, a note on the terminal that covers all of those aspects. So if you're interested, please uh, take a look on the BI Curve page. Um, this concludes our latest FX Moment podcast. I hope you found it interesting. Until next time, goodbye. <music>